Now in their second season, Leadership of Belief with more cigar knowledge and more leadership insights. Two great leaders smoking great cigars. Here's our host, Austin and Dice. Grab a drink and jump in with a cut and a light. Welcome everybody to another episode of Leadership of the Leaf. My name's Austin. And I'm Dice. And Dice, what are you smoking over there? <laughs> What's with the weird? What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's looking at me funny. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I am smoking. I, I, I picked this on purpose. Uh, there was a picture I posted that was posted on Instagram. It was uh, Nas Hennessy, 50th uh, anniversary of hip hop, special Ooh. edition. Then I posted with a picture of an Avo that I smoked like that night. And I was like, beautiful music with hip hop and all this type classical and hip hop, right? whatever. Great, great photo. But yeah, it, it, so it got so much attention. I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke an Avo and drink Hennessy on air. I'm going to do that. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's an Avo Heritage uh, Special Edition. And my Hennessy that I'm I'm, I'm smoke, uh, smoking. The Hennessy I'm You're drinking. Smoking. You're I did smoke Hennessy. That's, that's why that I That is I, fair. I, I know. All right. So it's hip hop Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked an ice cube. And the ice cube is orange, blood orange ice cube. Smoked that. And then mm-hmm. I add the Hennessy on top. So it's a pecan wood smoked blood orange ice cube with Hennessy. Did you just say pecan? <sighs> pecan. What? Motherfucker, you know where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a I'm just trying so, to. Tr- I'm just trying to trigger everybody on. on yeah, that's I, listening I see to this. this right what, now. what the hell? All right, Avo Heritage Special Hennessy, orange, blood orange, pecan, pecan smoked, ready to go. Your turn. And you said what? What Hennessy are you pairing with that with? Is there a special Hennessy or is it just? It's that. It's, it's VS, but it's the hip hop edition. Okay. It's, just, okay. A, it's just, just a special bottle. Just a special I bottle. I just gotta ask. I gotta the, ask. The cognac, you know, our listeners want to know. The cognac is the same. What Hennessy are you pairing that with? All right, me. I decided to go just random grab bag in my humidor, and I pulled out an Adventura the Navigator. Oh, I like that. I, I like Adventura. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't had one of these. Uh, I've had Aventura before, but I don't think I've had one of these particular cigars, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, and I decided to pair that with one of my favorites, a good Esprit de Crew, the oh. Crystal Rum. All right. So get get the nice nice uh, you know smoothness in there to to hopefully complement everything that I was looking up to this. But uh, we got an interesting show today. <laughs> interesting uh, show. Interesting show. A little bit dirty. I think it's, it's going to be difficult to get through. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be difficult. Why do you say you think it's going to be difficult? Dude, I am not one of those. I hate spit. What? I, I fucking hate spit. I hate spitting. I hate saliva. Does <sighs> it just gross you out? I, it's just something about it. Just if you want to fight me, spit on me. <laughs> we'll fight. I'm telling you. Or snap one of the. You know how they do the little towel yep. snap thing yep. in the locker oh, room. I, you, uh, yeah. If you do, if you do that, it, these, these hands will be in motion. 
I've seen that. <laughs> Stop it. I have. <laughs> I remember oh. that somebody doing that to you, and I was like, damn, all right. He wasn't lying. So, uh, the show. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> we don't need to discuss that. Allegedly. You also have to say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I allegedly saw that. <laughs> you, you saw what I did allegedly. Come on, man. What are, you, are you wearing a wire? Huh? Are you the police? Blue, blue team, go. <laughs> All right. So, what, All right. What's so the cigar gonna, topic? We're going to talk about saliva and <laughs> why people seem to, why there's certain people that seem to spit like every 30 seconds when they're smoking a cigar versus other people who don't seem to spit. So we're going to talk about a little bit about saliva, why we spit, why we don't. Just kind of kind of go through it. Uh, it's an interesting topic, but it's also a little bit gross. So, spoiler alert, if you don't like it, skip it. Uh, <laughs> and then for our leadership topic, what do we got, Dice? Toxic handlers. Toxic is that a person handlers. that forklifts the barrels of toxic waste? Or no, that- we just dump them in the river, right? Yeah, <laughs> with a laundry mix. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it's about. Oh. And if you think that, you should go ahead and turn this podcast off now and oh. just hang it up. <laughs> just just I go guess, ahead. Well, I, guess, I guess I'm out. <laughs> of course, it's a leadership topic. So toxic, toxic handlers. Uh, I also like to call them quiet contributors. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I like that one. I like that a little bit better. But Toxic Handler has pizzazz. It's got a little <laughs> jazz hand that throws up. So if you really we'll want to know what that. it's about, yeah, just just let's stay tuned. Let's stay on stay track. Stay tuned. <laughs> let's, we're we're trying. We're trying, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's just been it's been a fun week. Let's just put it that way. Hmm. All right. So i know you haven't dice but maybe our listeners have maybe they've smoked a cigar and then while smoking the cigar they feel the sudden urge to just spit <laughs> uh you know cigar tasted bitter the saliva in your mouth built up and when you swallowed you start to feel queasy maybe um if you felt like this guess what you're not alone a lot of people are affected by this and people are affected differently i could tell you i am t- i tend to be one of those people that saliva builds up in my mouth i could swallow it um and i'm fine but it just it builds up in my mouth when i'm smoking a cigar more than any other time unless i'm like looking at a mouth-watering steak or something <laughs> you know but uh yeah people are affected differently so you know if somebody's sitting there spitting and you're like just sitting there looking at them all weird kind of going what the hell is wrong with you it's not not necessarily their fault. Maybe it's their genes. Maybe they just got bad genes. Um, so some people need to feel the spit uh, every thirty seconds, while other people hardly produce any saliva while smoking a cigar. Neither of these scenarios are wrong, and you're not technically a weirdo for this if you produce "quote unquote" waterfalls of saliva. I remember when we worked together. It was one mm-hmm. night or whatever. It, it wasn't you. It was someone else I was smoking with. Us. I'd be damned if it did not look like this motherfucker had a river up under him from how much he was spitting. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Does he know I don't like spit? Or maybe he does know and he was fucking with me. I don't know. Either way. That I was, was like, funny. gross. <laughs> Shut up. 
So I want the sound effect of the little spittoon. Spittoon! <laughs> Every time we say the word spit, spittoon! I'm not doing it. That's not happening. <laughs> okay, maybe once. Yeah. Or twice. Yeah. <laughs> what is the purpose of saliva? Mmm. Mmm. The, <laughs> the first purpose is being a digestive enzyme. Hey! We, we both know. I'm not going to pronounce this right. We both know. Yep. You might as well go ahead and say it. Salivary Salivary analyze. Oh my god. <laughs> Salivary amylase. Oh, yeah. Exactly that. What are you okay over there? I had a wife hair and it was tickling my elbow up in my sleeve and I had to get it out and then finally figured it out. Go on I with the show. Don't worry about what the okay. fuck I'm doing. <laughs> fuck around and find out. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it helps you, as you said so quickly at the beginning, it helps you digest food. Hey. <laughs> Secondly, saliva produces a secretion that creates the lubrication fluid called mucin. mucin? Hey, I got that one. Mucin. Saliva That's helps why you... you spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> saliva helps oh. you digest your food, keep your mouth from going dry, eh? And maintain the overall acid balance in your mouth, along with the overall oral cavity, keeping your entire mouth healthy. Now, everyone probably know or don't know, there are parts of tobacco that aren't very healthy. (gasps) I know, gas, right? Hold for gas. So saliva works to protect your immune system against the parts of tobacco that are in your mouth to keep your body running smoothly. So essentially, it's our first line of digestion and defense. Facts. I've always been amazed by the people, and, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit later. I may be jumping ahead here, but I've always been amazed by the people that literally just take like a dry cigar and they just like bite the end of it and just chew on the leaves or whatever. Have you ever seen those yeah. people? Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah. why? Why? They pull ah. the cigar out and I don't. What did you do to the end? It's mutilated. Yeah. Yeah, or the like the the old Clint Eastwood where he like shoves it like all the way back in his mouth on his teeth and he's just like chomping on it while he's smoking. It. I'm like, what are you doing? It's always just that that part's always been like a mystery to me. It's called but, Hollywood, uh, sir. facts. All right, but so now that we know what the purpose of saliva is, we can address why you feel the urge to spit while you smoke a cigar. So the main reason is for newer, at least for newer cigar smokers. Um, or, or maybe those who only smoke like once a month or something. They aren't used to those sensations that are produced in the mouth while smoking. So saliva is produced in excess when the cigar sits in your mouth. Um, so, you know, if, if this is something that bothers you, either you, you're going to have to smoke a little bit more to kind of get exposure. Um, if that's not something that you want to do, but you really want to look go for that Hollywood look, just don't try not to hold the cigar in your mouth or chew on it for long periods of time. Because it's going to produce more saliva. Your body's trying to basically digest your cigar. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. I, you know what? I never looked at it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what's happening. You're you're putting yeah. something in your mouth, and it's trying to digest it. That's why c- cigarette smokers don't do the same shit. They hold it on their lips, right? Cigarette cigarette smokers they hold it on their lips. They don't shove it all the way back to their, you know 
back of their mouth and sit there and chomp on it and they go why am i spitting so much your your body's literally trying to digest the cigar <laughs> so when you keep the cigar in your mouth for too long it creates a, a nicotine and tar buildup usually that kind of causes that bitter foul taste and that mm. is not a pleasant taste so sometimes people want to spit that out but like we said not all cigar smokers experience the same thing some people still produce a normal amount of saliva and feel no urge to spit i I guess i'm one of those like i said there's certain people where i've seen i've seen i've sat there and smoked with them and i'll sit there and smoke and we'll be talking and chatting and and like after it seems like after every puff they're like I'm like, what are you doing with your life, man? I'm like, oh, I can't swallow. It makes me sick. And I'm like, look, how many how many cigars do you smoke? How often are you smoking? That's my second one ever in life. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have a drink that maybe you can help drink wash that excess saliva down Ooh. with? Well, on the flip side, sir. Ooh. There are well, some yes. cigar blends that cause dry mouth. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, for example, cigars made with uh, Dominican tobacco often have olar. Did I say that right? Olar leaf. Sure, we're going to go with that. All right. It's a Spanish word. <laughs> olar triggers the salty region of the tongue, which dries out the tongue. And it has a counteract, uh, counteract effect and is dryness. The uh, blenders will often try to, you know, blend that out with another Dominican leaf that, uh, in the filler to try to get a right amount of saliva and dryness in the effect so you don't have to deal with that. Yeah, so they use Dominican San Vicente tobacco in the fil- filler to counteract the olor leaf uh, because the San Vicente actually stimulates saliva production. So those two tobaccos work together to bring balance to the blend. Um, and many c- cigar makers strive to create a balanced, complex cigar made with a variety of tobaccos that simulate different areas of the tongue, right? We've talked about it before in past episodes. We have the umami, the salty, the sweet, the sour. Oh, yeah. The umami. <laughs> Stop it. You're going to make me spit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gross. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. But people are different. They're... Uh, can't say it enough, right? Everyone likes what they like. People are different, so you're going to have different reactions to cigars, right? You, If Dice smokes um, The Pledge by E.P. Carrillo and gets a huge nicotine buzz off of it and gets woozy from it or something, and I smoke it and I don't, that doesn't mean that it's there's a difference in strength of the cigar. It just means that we're two different people who reacted differently to that cigar. Um so saying that different flavor profiles may cause a different mouth reaction compared to the person smoking with you even if it's the same cigar yeah there's been times where we have smoked the same cigar side by side not only did we get different slightly different flavor profiles sometimes they're they're the same but oftentimes sometimes because of also what you're drinking also plays a part in how much saliva and everything is in your mouth because you're drinking causes your mouth to swallow the saliva as well even if you don't want to or sometimes you you often spit a lot more than i do so uh it could actually dry out spots of your mouth to where you actually get something slightly different from myself either way so just saying all that man people are different yeah 
All right, so dice, do you spit or swallow? <laughs> uh, is, is this private talk or? I mean, we're being recorded. <laughs> Let's do it, right? Uh, I, you I knew guess, that I was going to ask this I, question. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. I, Mile I away. Even, these fucking topics, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say Into I'm a swa- I, I swallow, sir. I, I'm a swallower. In context of, are you fucking dirty? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, I believe the implication was there. Everybody knows that. Never mind. So the answer to that, that question is based on personal preference, dice. So you prefer to swallow. What do you prefer? Since you put me on the spot, you fucking guy. <laughs> well, spitter. <laughs> so so for those out there listening you got the best of both worlds right here he's a spitter and I'm a swallower when when it comes to smoking cigars (laughs) yeah sometimes swallowing the excess saliva produced while smoking a cigar can make you feel queasy right a lot of times what I've found is uh, the stronger the cigar or the longer the finish of a cigar that lingers on my tongue maybe that longer of a finish of a cigar um may you know may not taste as good as the the puff right you know it kind of goes for that long finish and you kind of get that old ashy cigar taste in your mouth um yeah that that like you know if you're if your saliva tastes like that maybe swallowing it might make you feel a little bit queasy other times it doesn't um it ba- it's basically a matter of personal choice if you're smoking inside though uh just realize you're not going to be able to find a place to spit. So if you're going to a cigar lounge and you know that you're a spitter, um, I would make sure that you have a drink with you or a spit cup. If it's really that big or, of an issue. Fuck, just pick a different cigar. Yeah, or pick uh, a lighter cigar. Yeah, my goodness. Don't don't spit in a cigar lounge. Don't do that. Not I, even in a cup. I hate that too. Well, if you can't see it, plus I'd get a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah, drank your spit. Well, if you're drinking, if you take a sip of rum or vodka or whiskey or Hennessy or whatever. Yay! He said it. I was waiting for it. I'm just saying, you know, if you have one of those drinks and your mouth is full of spit and you take a drink of one of those beverages and swallow it all down with your spit. Maybe it doesn't make you feel as queasy. I don't know. Just an idea. Maybe. Try it. You know, even if it's water. Shit, even if it's water, you just take a sip of water or something and kind of just help wash it all down. I think water would intensify it. Multiply oh, it. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I think I don't know. I, have you ever drank water with a cigar? Just yeah. water. Not yes. like with something else. Just water. Yes. Only water I drink with a cigar, sir, is frozen in a uh, in the middle of my drink. I'm just letting you know. You asked the question. The answer is yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was answering my question too. I lived in Florida. If I smoked during the middle of the day outside, I had to drink water. I was sweating it all out. Fair. That's a fair assessment. What's your flavor profile of your cigar, sir? What's the first third like? <laughs> I see you. I see you. Oh man, my first 
first. Woodiness. Come on. Woodiness. Cedar. Toasty sweetness. You're going to say woodiness after you said you swallow? (laughs) Oh, my God. How old are you again? I can't remember. (laughs) Old enough to smoke a cigar (laughs) and to have a podcast. (laughs) Uh, How about you, sir? Toffee. Like a caramel toffee coffee. That's just kind of funny, fun to say, but that's what I get. It's uh, it's like a caramel coffee almost with like a hint of earth on the back end. It's good. Very, very good. And see how you said like a toffee, caramelly toffee? Yeah. That was how you said that? I said quite a few times. Coffee. Not toffee? Not tea? Toffee coffee. Like if you took toffee like, coffee, yes, yeah, like like you know like to, like butterscotch, right? You know you, t- you take that and you put that in the coffee and you mix it all up to the butterscotch melts, and then you know put maybe a little bit of hazelnut creamer in there and sip that all down. So your flavor profile, you absolutely just described, pairs so perfect with Hennessy. I'm gonna say it every time. Pairs perfect with Hennessy. Not everything Aventura pairs cigars. perfect with Hens- Hennessy. Aventura cigars pair perfectly with Hennessy change my mind you know what I'm gonna, I'm going to let me come see you <laughs> all right all right let's take a break when we come back let's get into our lovely leadership topic of the toxic handler quiet contributor, quiet contributor. yeah all right after this break Gente, I'm Wanda Hernandez. I'm CEO of Sticks and Stones Productions, and we are here with Dyson Austin, and you are listening to Leadership of the Lead. All right. Hey, everyone. Um, thanks for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. I'm just uh, letting you know, if you want to see what kind of cigars that myself, Dice, and Austin... What we're smoking on each episode, check out our Instagram on Leadership of the Leaf. All one word. At Leadership of the Leaf. And please, leave us a comment. Send us a message with what other questions or what you guys are smoking on. Maybe you guys have some suggestions for us that we'd love to give it a shot. At Leadership of the Leaf on Instagram. Hey, welcome back to Leadership of the Leaf. We're ready to start our leadership topic about toxic handlers. Yeah, that motherfucker. He's a toxic bitch-ass motherfucker. Now, when I first read about toxic handlers, mm. I thought it was negative. I thought it was Fuck. a negative thing. It's You know what, though? It, the, the, the title kind of makes it, you know... So we talk about in leadership, right? We talk about toxic leadership a lot. It's it's everywhere out there. So anytime you put something like toxic in front of somebody, your brain automatically kind of goes to the negative. But it's really not. The toxic handler is the person that voluntarily shoulders the sadness, frustration, bitterness, and anger that are prevalent to the organizational life or the team. Like 
if you think about it in a, in a team setting, right? Let's say you're working on a project and you have a, a team for that project. This is the person that every do every person goes to that is that you know they vent to. Man, I just can't stand fucking Billy Bob. He's such a piece of shit and he doesn't even understand why we're what we're doing here and ah Susan's such a bitch and fuck this hoe and blah blah blah. They take <laughs> all of that voluntarily and say, Yeah, come it's fine. Take it to me. Or they're also the person that says to play devil's advocate, what if we didn't do that stupid ass idea and we did this? And then everybody kind of gangs <laughs> up on that that person. Oh, fuck you, George. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Well, but if you did that, it doesn't make sense. And they're like, ah, fuck you. All right, fine. So it's that's the toxic handler, right? They they voluntarily right. take all of that bad negative negativity onto themselves for the sake of the team to help the team function better. Or the organization function better. Right. So, to try to uh, eliminate the difference here. Yes, in, between in the show notes, and I, a leader. I, I, I inserted the toxic leader. So, people kind of get an idea of who yes. the toxic handler is defending or not defending. Is is being an umbrella for. For the, the team, the work. Yes, yeah, yeah. So a toxic leader is a person who has responsibility for a group of people or organization, team, like you were saying, and who abuses the leader-follower relationship by leaving the group or organization in a worse condition than it was in. That piece of shit. Right. Yeah, they're the ones that just just negative and... Uh, well, there's examples here. Yeah. There, so- there's ways to identify them. Yeah, you can you can usually tell who they are. They they make decisions based on their own convenience. No, I don't want them to have the meeting at at eight o'clock when everybody else is available. I want to have the meeting at ten o'clock because that that won't interfere with my golf schedule. Bit, bitch, what? Fuck you. Yeah, I, I, I prefer to have it around you know one, maybe twelve thirty. Hey, why don't we just have like a working lunch? Everyone just bring in a brown bag. We'll just bang this thing out over lunch, and then we can all just, you know, and then I'll just leave at one to go. Home. Yeah, I'm going home early. Yeah, I got, I got, I got to change. <laughs> I got to get some tires put on the car, and uh, yeah, that just that works better for me. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> they present themselves one way, but their behavior doesn't match what they say. I really care about every single one of you. And then, oh, hey, boss. Yeah, no, Susie's a piece of shit, and she didn't show up on time. But, you know, it's okay. I'm handling the situation. <laughs> no? Are you, are you going to you gonna give us examples of each one? Do you want me to? Because I go, and you can give the example. Yeah, this, oh. this is good. Okay. <laughs> uh, they see no connection between what they do and the outcome and take no responsibility for their behavior. Listen, I don't understand how you making a bad decision is my fault. You came to me with the idea and said, hey, I think we should do this. All I did is say, okay, it's your fault that you made a bad decision. And now the project is ruined. And now I have to come in and fix it. And we all have to work the weekend. <laughs> and I'll see what you guys come up with on Monday. Yeah, this is pretty good. Have you been a toxic leader before? I uh, may have worked for a few. <laughs> they act out of anger rather than discuss problems. Who the fuck do you think you are to roll your fucking eyes at me? You want to roll your eyes at me in a meeting? You fucking deal with me right there in the meeting. I don't want to fucking hear you talk to you about this shit. 
They slam doors, they sulk, and make it clear they are angry, but refuse to talk about it. I'm fine. I don't want to fuck talk about it with you. No, I said I'm fine. <laughs> they are extremely rigid and controlled by power. Listen, every motherfucker better be here by 6.30. Otherwise, I'm writing every motherfucking ass up. Period. I'll show up at 7 o'clock. <laughs> I think I broke him. I broke him, ladies and gentlemen. I broke him. <laughs> oh, are these oh, hitting a little goodness, close to was... home? Nah, that was that was good, sir. That was a good one. <laughs> Employees of toxic organizations suffer pain from their experiences in toxic environments. All of the examples that I just gave have happened to me personally personally wow. have happened to me huh interesting weird right yeah. does everyone know I used to work for dice <laughs> does, does everyone know dice said everyone better be in at 6.30 and he showed up at 7 The funny thing is, everybody was, their ass was there at 6.30. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, except for the motherfucker who made the threat. Oh, it definitely wasn't a threat. But that's funny. That was fucked up on my part. It was. Glad to see that. Yeah, yeah. I saw it at the time. So toxic handlers alleviate the organizational pain by helping others around him or her deal with the strains of the organization. They coach counsel, advise, and shield employees from the wrath of toxic leaders. You know what, guys? You know what? I know Austin said this, but here is what we are actually trying to do. They reframe the manager's difficult messages to make them less harsh and more constructive. You guys, you're not morons. Regardless of what he said, you're not morons. We're a great team. We can make this happen. They listen empathetically and suggest solutions. I understand that you was late. I get that. But we need to maybe set two alarm clocks or something. We need to work on this so we don't be late anymore. They carry the confidences of others. I know you guys can do it. You made it out of high school. You had some college behind your belt. You guys are smart enough to figure this out on your own. Let's do this. And they work behind the scenes to prevent pain. You know what? I'm not going to go back in there and tell these guys we're working overtime. You know why I'm not going to do that? Because we're going to get it done on time today. So I'm not going to tell them what you just said. Yeah. All those are examples of exactly things I have done, sir. Exactly. Yeah, I've done too. (laughs) Weird. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah. People are toxic. all this to say, we're, we we kid and we joke and you know we laugh about it now. And it's funny. People who are toxic, sometimes if they're if they're normally a good person, maybe they're just having an off day. Maybe they're just having, uh, you know, a, maybe there's something going on in their personal life. They don't mean to be that toxic person. Um, the the real toxic leaders are the ones who do it habitually. That do that is their personality. That is the the person. Um, that 
you know, that's just kind of who they are. And you can't, you've never seen another side of them. Um, so yeah, that's, so just, that's how they choose to communicate It's weird. Yeah. Cause I, I've seen people that do that. That's how they choose to communicate toxically. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. It, is, it sucks. But so we, I just want to throw that out there. We kid and we jest and all this sort of stuff. We give it examples and it's funny. Ha ha. Uh, there's a lot of bad people out there that are toxic leaders that are put in leadership positions that shouldn't be in leadership positions. Um, and if, if you're sitting there and you're the one advocating for everybody, you're now, you're, you've kind of become the toxic handler, right? So the toxic handler to identify them, you know, they're the person you, that you watch comfort colleagues diffuse tense situations and take the heat from tough bosses. I've done it myself. I've gone in there to a boss and they're sitting there like, you piece of shit, I can't believe you couldn't do one simple step. This is one, it's a process. You know what the process is. It's A through Z and you couldn't, you stopped at B and I can't believe you fucking did that. And your people are all idiots and you're just standing there going, no, my people are not idiots. We had problems. This is what happened. The tool broke, the process broke, you know, and they, they're diffusing everything, trying to get everything done. And they're the person just sitting there, just taking the beating and acting as a shield for everybody else. Yeah, uh, that's like we doing the research. Uh, we I put together like a little list of who who are they? Who are the toxic handlers, right? The, and as you were saying, they're the ones that comfort colleagues, they diffuse tense situations and take the heat from tough bosses. You've seen them step uh, in into to ease the pain during layoffs or or change in programs or certain protocols that just doesn't quite make sense but you see them kind of lean in to try to ease that pain yeah the, these are the leaders that voluntarily sh voluntarily shoulder the stress uh the sadness the frustration bitterness anger of others so that high quality work continues to get done they're the person you go to and be like man my wife at home, blah, 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 or Jill is such a bitch from HR. I can't believe she came to me and said my time cards weren't filled out because I forgot a fucking, I, I wrote 8.80 instead of 8.0. She knows that it's fucking 8.0. She just put the one point, but no, she blew up in front of me and on me in front of everybody. And uh, I got it. Let me talk to Jill. She, she shouldn't do that, but let me go talk to her. I, I understand. Yeah, she's a bitch. All right, cool. They're the person that you kind of go to to vent, to sit there and kind of like, oh, I can't fucking take this place anymore. Uh, toxic handlers are not new. They're probably as old as organizations themselves, but there has never been a systematic study of the role they play. And that's fair. You know, it's there's a lot of things that maybe don't have a title yet that we're just kind of realizing for the first time is a thing. We all just kind of took them for granted. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, hey, the, that guy, the Bob, he's a good guy. If you ever have a problem, just go talk to him. He'll help you out. That's the guy, right? Now, Bob probably filled the toxic handler role. Um, usually, these guys save organizations from self-destructing, but they often pay a high price. Emotionally, professionally, and sometimes even physically, that stress will get to you. You can have physical ailments from stress. Your your home life can suffer. Um, professionally, you, you're you're the guy. Yeah, hey, Bob, you're a great guy. Everyone looks to you. You just don't solve any real big problems. You're just yeah, you're all there on the team, but you don't actually do anything. You're just kind of there, and that's not at all the case. Because if Bob leaves, and you're fucked. Yeah, 
Yeah, because they can experience a burnout. Uh, you know, they could suffer from ailments that, that are related to stress, like uh, ulcers. And they could even, like, uh, I hate to say it, they could have like a heart attack from, well, from the stress, stress that build up. Yeah, because they're essentially the, the umbrella of the funnel guy for, or girl, for these type situations. Uh, I often calls, call them the guy that you want to bend the ear. Like, hey, hey, Austin, can I bend your ear for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. And that's and and those are great, great people. Just don't abuse him. Yeah. Um, the role needs to be given the attention it deserves for everyone's benefit because the health of employees is a key element in the long-term competitiveness of companies and a society at at writ large. Right. So yeah. again, don't abuse him. If if you got you know if Bob's over there and Bob's always helping you out, maybe fucking send Bob a damn Christmas card or get him a little bit of a gift or something. <laughs> Say thanks for let, letting me bend your ear so many damn times. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. Man, if I didn't have you, I would I would have went crazy. Uh, Maybe you should tell uh, him that. You, you can come to me anytime, buddy. I want you shooting up the place. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the Snickers. <laughs> Before we go further, before we go further, I'm just curious of your second third. You know, I was just about to ask you the exact same thing. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Well, well, something. And I smoke great cigars. Hey. I'm getting a caramel, leather, and a spicy note on the back end. It's not like black pepper, but like maybe like a like an allspice or like a baking spice. Okay. It's it's very good. Don't get me wrong. It's very very balanced. It's just that's that's those are the notes that I get. What about you? Well, I, I'm 100% not copying you, <laughs> but my woodiness and sweet cedar are still there. That's that's the dominant. But there's a hint of spice, cocoa, and leather. You're the I'm motherfucker who orders the exact same dish right after I ordered a dish. <laughs> Sir, you should know this by now. I order the same thing every time. Subway, McDonald's, I don't know, whatever restaurant we go to. Nine times out of ten, it's the same thing every time. Just like when we go out to a cigar lounge and I order a drink. That's not true. You've, tr- what did you've I order been. Different? You order old fashioned. That's why I order it every time. No, because sometimes you order a sidecar. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Bits. Bits. Do I do I do I drift any further than that? No. Okay. Moving on. All right. So the role of a uh, toxic handler is one that's usually you, you're kind of pulled into the role gradually by colleagues. This is the person that, you know, just has the temperament for it. They always feel um, their colleagues always feel they could turn to that person because they're trustworthy, kind, calm, non judgmental. That's true. That's uh, typically what people look for because they, when they're bending someone ear to a subject matter, they don't want someone to judge their character for certain things. Like, hey, uh, 
cheated on my wife. Oh, you fucking whore. They don't want I can't they want believe someone you. Yeah, I can't talk to you ever again. <laughs> You're going to hell. <laughs> You'd be like, you just stay calm. You listen to what people got to say. In a study, it's described that these people as relentless in their drive to accomplish organizational targets and rarely lose focus on business issues. So even though they're having their ear bent by whoever or whatever, they still have the main organization organizational goal in mind. Like, let me get Austin mine right so we can build these widgets and get back in the A game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they help manage that emotional pain um, and use that as one of their means. And they submit that these tasks will probably not need, probably need to be handled forever. Um, so, so they take your emotional pain, they help you manage it, they manage their own, and they use that to, to kind of help finish the tasks at hand. And they recognize that that is going to be something that is going to be needed from them forever, for as long as they work, which is kind of depressing when you think about it. Like, hey, I'm going to have to deal with people's shit for the rest of my life. But that, that goes with that person's or whomever, whatever. That goes with their personality trait. That goes with their leadership mindset. That goes with, I want to take care of the people because I know the people in the long run are going to take care of me. They're going to take care of the organization. They're going to take care of business at hand. Yeah. Well, that's and that's true. That's true. Um, the work of the toxic handler can and does alleviate those toxic conditions from toxic leaders. They act like much like a kidney or the immune system in that they neutralize, dissipate, and disperse the toxin, the toxicity that builds up in the system of the organization or the team, whatever you want to call it. Right. When I came across that, I, I'm going off script. When I came across that, that whole kidney reference, I was like, oh, that's like a perfect description weird because fucking toxic waste shit goes in and the great stuff you know that goes to the wayside and the good stuff goes back to the the body so we can use it so like that also could be the liver ah my liver's dead handlers work in small and large ways to restore hope and help people reconnect to their work agendas yeah yeah it, it's those guys that you know, you've been there here, they make you feel a little bit better and you can, you feel like you can go back to work and you can get the job accomplished and you're not so stressed out by whatever situation you were before you bent their ear. So in, in general, toxic handlers alleviate orga- organizational pain in about five ways. They listen empathetically, non-judgmentally, and they have compassionate listening skills. These are the guys that you could go to and say, you know, like, yeah, hey, uh, you know, I, I really just man, sometimes when Janet talks, I just want to fucking punch her in her face. They're not going to be like, ooh, I need to report you to HR. Like, these are the guys who be like, all right, well, you know, congratulations on not doing that so far. Um, <laughs> let's see what we can do to, to work on that. Well, and sometimes I know I will play the role of uh, Janet or what you said, Janet, right? Play the yeah. role of Janet. You got to kind of put yourself in her shoes because she's not dealing with the same situations that we are and kind of makes it feel like we make mistakes on on our end but janet just really doesn't know our role so you got to kind of give her a little little understanding or maybe take it a yeah 
understand that she doesn't know one plus one is two. We we're right here on the floor. We know one plus one is two. So after some time, give Janet some time, and she'll learn her role, and then everybody will be kumbaya, right? Right. So that's another way that they actually help is they don't just listen. They they suggest solutions. Boom. Boom. We just talked about it, right? Hey, let's let's give Janet a little bit of grace. Hey, have you tried? talking to bill about the way he speaks to you have you have you brought it up to hr that you know hey your paychecks have been short the last three weeks or you know whatever the case is you know oh yeah well no i haven't really talked to anybody because i thought i'd just get shut down well let's go talk to them together and we can see if we can figure this out you know and and they're gonna go with you they're gonna help you solve that problem whatever that problem is yeah oftentimes they work behind the scenes to prevent pain when toxic handlers see a surefire case of organizational pain on the horizon, they typically leap into action to douse it out and the situation has been taken care of behind the scenes and none the wiser to others. Yeah. Now, I put that in respect to the, the Janet scenario. Like you kind of play a role and then later on, without the team even knowing, you go and talk to Janet and be like, Janet. I don't think you understand. One plus one is two. One plus one is two. And you try to explain it to her. That way, maybe Janet doesn't sound like a bitch when she's talking to everyone. And unbeknownst to the team, you went behind everyone to kind of resolve that situation with Janet. And hopefully, that whole pot is stirred together to where it's going to be a good tasting gumbo. Ooh. Yeah, those are the guys, these are the guys that the boss says, hey, I think I want to have everyone come in this weekend just so we can really bang this project. And I'm like, no, stop. Why? What's the point? What is the point of having everybody come in this weekend? Well, we, we, we're behind on this project. Okay, how are we behind on this project? And they work, they, you know, they can even do it to the boss. How are we behind on this project? Well, we should be here. Okay, well, that's not really our fault. That was marketing's fault. We can't do anything about that. Why are we going to have our people come in late? Because we're still waiting on engineering or whatever to sit there and bring us the design. So we're going to come in and we're going to sit here and do what? Twiddle our thumbs? And make the company pay overtime or, you know, make everyone lose their weekends or whatever. That's silly. All right. You're right. You know, boom. Team didn't even know that that was on the table and they just solved it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So another another way is they carry the confidences of others. And hearing and keeping secrets well, they allow their coworkers to walk away less troubled. Hey, I know I can go talk to, to whoever, George, and... I know that he's not going to say anything to anybody. Yeah. My weakness is tying my left shoe. I don't want anybody to know I have a weakness of tying my left shoe. And I confine to Austin that, hey, I'm having a little trouble in this area. I've been practicing. I'm going to work really hard over the weekend, over time. Hopefully, I get better at it. And then when it comes down to actually doing the task, for some reason, the task I get is never about tying my left shoe. For some reason, my manager, my leader, my whoever, which is Austin, often gives me a different task other than my left shoe until I have the confidence to tie my left shoe. Yeah. Weird how that works out, huh? <laughs> I, can, I can tie my left shoe. Now. Uh, can you? Can't. Oh, now. <laughs> Uh, so they reframe difficult messages. They act as diplomats and organizational translators. You know, if somebody comes up, your boss says, hey, tell those idiots out there to get their act together and finish the job by Friday or else they're all doomed. Manager will pull their staff together and put the directive 
you know, Toxic Handle to put it as, you know, reframe it as, hey, the boss needs us to complete this task by Friday, so let's put our heads together and see what we can do, need to do to get meet this deadline. Pain was managed and the job got done. They didn't, ha- they didn't hear the threat. They just heard, we got to get this job done by Friday. Let's get to work and roll up our sleeves and get it done whatever way we need to. All right, sure thing. <laughs> that makes me think of the saying. I don't know. Was you in the shop when it was, what would dice do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, yeah, I was essentially, did you? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I think I still have a picture of it somewhere. Anyway. I mean, that, that's perfect because if, if you go in and repeat exactly what the ball said, now everybody's going to be worried about being fired. People are going to be nervous or anxious, or they're going to go too fast and mess something up to where now the deadline isn't going to be met because somebody broke something along the way. I don't know. But as soon as you take that sting out of whatever the boss actually said, I mean, this it rolls off the tongue a whole lot better. People, are, I would assume, are more motivated with the second than the first one. Yeah, so if a, a, let's say, a higher level executive says, hey, get these idiots in line, otherwise I'm writing them all up, or they're doomed, or whatever, and your mid-level manager comes in and says, hey guys, we got to get this all done, what do we need to get done, let's all put our heads together, let's work, let's help each other out, the the team doesn't know they're under threat, right? The mid-level manager does, and so he's motivated to get it done, but the team's not going to sit there and worry about making mistakes they're going to just be like all right boss wants to get it done let's get it done they've always done right by me boom let's get it done we got it done great you know if something happens and they don't get it done and the boss comes down and says i told you to tell these people that they were all going to work the weekend if they didn't get this done be like i know you did sir but we you know we ran into some problems the the you know, machine broke or whatever, and we just can't get it done. There's literally no way for us to get it done. We've been working our asses off. Don't take it out on them. Take it out on me. They're, your team's going to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you you now become a martyr. Nah, I mean, yeah. it, it, just show, it just shows the level of uh, respect that you have for your team. It, yeah, exactly. To kind of to recap or so, toxic handlers aren't new. Uh, research strongly suggests that two trends in recent years have intensified the need for them. Foremost among them is the growing prevalence of change initiatives, right? Um, everyone's changing. We got to keep up with the times. We got to change, 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 which is not a bad thing, right? But it's, it's causing a lot of stress to a lot of people. So pursuing the mantra that nonstop change is not just good, it's downright essential. Many executives have spent the past decade re-engineering, restructuring, and reinventing their organizations. In many cases, those transformations have created enormous shareholder value, but invariably, they've also caused confusion, fear, and anguish among the employees. Yeah, uh, the the final reason that toxic handlers exist is because the world has toxic bosses. People like a CEO that creates organizational pain through (laughs) insensitivity. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Good job. Way to read. Enough Hennessy, right? Our, or they have a vindictive behavior. Other toxic bosses cause pain because they are unwilling to take on their responsibilities of leadership, leaving subordinates hanging, confused, or paralyzed. Or all three. 
Still others are toxic because of the extraordinary high need for control. I'm the one driving a bus. Looking over the shoulders of all the people who have a job to do, ah, you guys aren't doing it right. We call finally, those micromanagers. Some toxic, <laughs> some, finally, some toxic bosses are unethical, creating conditions that compromise their colleagues and subordinates. I know this shit ain't right, but you guys better get it done. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and so, yeah, it, again, one of those things, you know, people, hey, we have a toxic boss. That sucks having a toxic boss. But if you have a mid-level manager that kind of filters the shit for you, the work is bearable at that point. Hey, the boss could bypass that toxic handler and sit there and come straight to you and, and rip you up one side and down the other for some stupid mistake. But And that sucks. But you know that, hey, they went around George or Bill or Dice or whoever, and hey, if they had to go around him to get to me, all right, cool. We're, you know... He's just being a dick for just to be a dick. You know, yeah. Toxic Handler has routinely filtered the toxic boss's anger and prevented chaos. After meetings filled be- with belligerent tirades, for instance, the Toxic Handler would walk from office to office, explaining the boss's real opinions and assuring people he was not angry as he seemed. And so the organizations they worked for continued to function. Um, it It's one of those things where you sit there and you kind of go up and you're like, you're like, holy shit, we just got our asses ringed for nothing. And then your boss comes, you know, your your supervisor comes by and is like, hey, guys, he's not mad at you. The project's behind schedule and it's not because of us because we've all been kicking ass. It's because of them, of another department that he's getting the heat for it. Here's what he actually is trying to say. He just didn't, it didn't come out right. Yeah. Yeah, and clearly you can see, uh, I'm gonna go around again. Clearly you can see the how the stress level of that toxic handler or that quiet contributor, you can clearly see how the stress can build up in that person. Yeah. Clearly, because if they're constantly getting a, a barrage of insults or whatever from the boss and they're keeping it all on their shoulders and not telling the people, then he, that means he's keeping it all to himself. So clearly, you should uh, buy that person a coffee. <laughs> or a drink on Friday. You know, I'm just saying, you know, find out what hobby they like. You know, if they like pool on a Friday afternoon or something, go go sit there, shoot some pool with them, buy them a beer. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know I know. when I had a bunch of subordinates, I, there was one time, one time that I remember specifically, I was getting berated loud and and there was nothing you could do you were my supervisor but the boss above you was just berating me left right and center and it was a friday and i was just like yes sir i understand da, da, da. got it my people are working as hard as they can but i'm not gonna make them work overtime because we're literally you know you're you're yelling about us not finishing a product when we've already produced you know four products over our quota this this week so you're, you're just yelling that you didn't get the fifth for some reason because uh, you think that's the way to do it. And one of my workers had walked by as I was getting just berated. And uh, so that Friday, it was Friday, and I was like, I, I told everybody, I told them all, hey, great work. I'm really proud of you guys. Way to, way to overproduce, way to get kick ass. I can't be more proud to be your boss. And, you know, let's all have a great weekend. I know what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to go shoot some pool. I'm going to have a beer and I'm just going to relax this weekend. I suggest you guys do something similar. Um, if you guys need to talk, I'm available. I'll be at this bar from this time to this time. Come join me if you feel like it, whatever. A lot of my workers showed up and they all bought me a beer because one of my workers had walked by past and, and heard me getting berated and they just wanted to say thanks. And that meant the world to me. I was like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. I, I didn't mean for you guys to hear it. I didn't want you guys to hear it, but I appreciate the gesture. Yeah. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of been my leadership style. I'd rather, I'd rather have the respect of the 10 people that work under me than the one person that works above me. Right. And that's how toxic handlers get passed over, over for promotion. Right. They don't have the respect of their boss. So their boss hasn't put them up for promotion, but the respect of their, their 10 people underneath them, that's the reason that they do it. Quiet contributor, sir. Uh, yes. I don't want you to, I don't want you to be quiet. I want you to tell me what your final third is. Oh, final third. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Hold on. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> it's good. Sweat. It is a good segue. All right. White pepper has come to the forefront. Oh, wow. But on the back end, I'm still getting a little bit of caramel, maybe some mocha and leather. It's it's very good, but white pepper is definitely coming to the forefront. What I about think you? that's the first thing you described that does not work with Hennessy. Uh, yeah. You might need yeah. to reevaluate, sir. Smoke like have three I, more. Have I changed my mind? <laughs> no, negative. Never. Damn it. My cigar is taking the form and fashion of the Davidoff factory. Because Avo is under that umbrella. I am getting grassy hay, like flavor profile, with still that woodsy cedar sweetness. Slight hint of cocoa, but the, the hay is definitely taking over the cocoa. All right, so woodsy and he swallows, ladies and gentlemen. Woodsy and he swallows. <laughs> Woodiness. Woodiness and I swallow. Oh. Come on, oh. get it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, over this last episode, we what? talked about whether to spit or swallow. Yeah. And where the spit we comes both from. We, yeah. Yeah. We know which right. one you like. Uh-huh. We know which one I yeah. like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woody swallowing cigars. And then we talked <laughs> about toxic handlers. Or if you prefer the term, quiet contributors. Yeah, that, I think that has a you, you said it, it has a better ring than toxic. Because as soon as I hear toxic, I'm like, oh, this is bad. This guy's so quiet shit. contributors. Uh, yeah, no, and I agree. I agree. There's a negative connotation with the word toxic, right? We think toxic. If you just say, go toxic waste, people are like that is bad. Yeah. That is toxic relationship. our world. Toxic relationship. Man, that, that chick or that dude is like getting abused. Okay. <laughs> That's toxic. Got it. That's yeah. toxic. Hey, I got a toxic boss. That guy's a dick. Yeah. So, right? So you hear the word toxic, you automatically think bad. But so, and I agree. I agree. Toxic has that negative connotation, which it should. It should. There's a reason why it is. 
But uh, I, I, I encourage everybody, if you think, if you see somebody who is a toxic handler, or if you are the toxic handler, keep your chin up. Uh, it does, I don't want to say it gets better. Remember why you're doing it, right? If you're the toxic handler, yeah. if you see a toxic handler and you're not the toxic handler, buy that person a beer, buy that person a bottle of scotch or something or a bottle of Hennessy or whatever they like and say, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. I really appreciate it. It will mean the absolute world to that person. I guarantee it. It will mean yeah. the absolute world to that person. That's something we forgot. Oh, what do we forget? Your cigar, sir. Is it a uh, um, mm-hmm, one or two? Mm-hmm. Five pack or box worthy? Ooh, I'm going to go five pack with this one. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very good. Do I see myself just smoking this all the time and being happy with the box? I, no. Do I, would I be upset if I had a five pack? Not at all. I would, I'd smoke this again and again. But I just don't think I want to buy an entire box. Now, if I had a humidor, like a 4,000 count humidor, um, would I buy a box? Sure. Right now, it's a five pack. I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, the Sarah is very good. I would definitely smoke it multiple times like, over and over again. But I don't feel it's uh, worth having a box of these. The flavor profile is great. I just know I've smoked other cigars that are probably slightly better that I would definitely buy a box of over this one. So I'm going to go five packs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Until next time, I'm Austin. And I'm going to stay dice. And just remember, great leaders smoke great cigars. Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast their show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.